Hello and welcome to a new episode of Block Tales. Today I have Masa with me. She's working for CoinIX and I'm really happy to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, as you said, my name is Masa. I'm the sales and marketing manager at CoinIX and I'm really glad to be here. That's nice. We will soon start dig deeper in your personal story and your everyday life. But let's start with one of our favorite questions. So how would you describe your everyday life to your grandmas or grandma? Yeah, yeah that's a really cute question. Well, if I want to talk to my grandma about my daily activities in the Web3 industry, I'm going to start like this. That, um, so you use a lot of applications daily, like Instagram, like uh, WhatsApp and so many other applications to see the video of your grandchildren or to uh, video call with your friends. Now, there is a new technology, which is uh, the next generation of the Internet. And you can have like the same applications, but then you can transfer value without um, any third person to watch it or to control it. Now, I work in this industry and there are some companies who are trying to use to use this technology to create innovative applications. And my company, the company that I work for, invests in these new innovative new startups. So this is basically how I would try to explain it to my grandma. And regarding my daily activities, uh, I can say that um, my daily activities is not, is not really Web3 related. It's just like a normal job from nine to six. Uh, I will have to answer a lot of emails, enter a lot of conferences, go to a lot of meetings. I think we all do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should be rough, but yeah. <laughs> what we all do in the web industry and um, yeah so there's a lot of office work to do and I'm uh, in touch with a lot of wealth managers who can be the potential shareholders of our company and yeah so that's how I would try to explain it to my grandma but I think that was not so easy that was, was complicated I hope she understands yeah, I think it's, it's a super tough question it's a cute question like you said but it's also tough because it's like They are so far away quite often from what we are doing nowadays. And so it's hard to, to bridge the gap, but mm -hmm. I like your explanation. It's nice. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So maybe you can let us know a little how you started to work in the blockchain space, why you like it. And yeah, so going back to your, to, to your roots uh, regarding blockchain and how your story started. Yeah, well, it goes back to 2020. Uh, back then, I started trading cryptocurrencies, but my knowledge was so um, although to the surface. I was not really aware of the potential uh, value of the underlying technology. I was more like looking for making for profit. But then when I started to read more about blockchain and then I realized the features and the use cases and how it can be used in different industries, I was like, wow. I want to be a part of this. And then I realized that not many people have recognized the potential of this industry. So the growth of the sector can be really huge. I think even right now, only uh, 4% of the whole population are somehow dealing with cryptocurrency. So we can expect a huge exploration, um, exploration in the future. And uh, there was something else like 
the talent shortage. I can see that like some companies are really striving. They're really trying to find someone who has good communication skills, is really good in blockchain, but um, it's really hard to find something like this. And then I realized that if I dedicate my time and energy to the blockchain industry, I can actually manage to have a really successful career path. So this was the beginning that I decided to read more. Then I started to take part in different conferences. I started doing networking even before I start working um, as an official uh, and someone who works officially in the blockchain industry. I started my networking and somehow found my way in the industry. But I'm really glad that I did it. It's a really nice industry to be in. Yeah, so do you still remember, like, because you said you went to some conferences, do you still remember your first conference and how how you experienced it, basically? Yeah, it was actually blockchains in Hamburg. Oh, nice. And yeah, back then I was a student and uh, it was really interesting for me. I wanted to get to know the people. And uh, this is so interesting that I met, find my first job in blockchains. So uh, I went there and back then I was writing my master thesis about how CD5, centralized decentralized finance, uh, will affect gaming, Web3 gaming. And I tried to talk to everyone about my master thesis and I was trying to find a company to write my master thesis with. And I met some people there. And after a few, it was like um, we got connected on LinkedIn. And after a few months, they were looking for someone for marketing. And I was like, But why not? I can start my official job in the blockchain industry. And then I started. So I think for anyone, for any woman who wants to start their career path in the blockchain industry, networking and just be present in conferences is really important and helpful. Yes, so I can totally agree that uh, on that. I also started networking, going to those conferences. And at the beginning, for me, it felt a little scary because I didn't know anything. I went there and was like, okay, I don't know anything about the technology. I don't know anybody from there. They are like those huge panels. And I'm like, okay, let's see whether I can even follow what they are talking about. But yeah, so the I think... Maybe only the first time was a little tough and already the second time it got so much easier. So, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. So I have another question because you said you started trading back in 2020. So how did you start? Because like it's not, I mean, I don't know a lot, especially women who kind of started trading coins because it's still not that easy. And um, so how... Was there somebody kind of introducing you, helping you at the beginning? And do you, had there been another female friends uh, with whom you have been able to talk and kind of exchange your experiences? Uh, yeah, I actually had um, a few female friends um, and we had like, we used to host Clubhouse crypto rooms together. And uh, I think that was actually a really good networking space during the Corona time. I found a lot of females who were pioneers in the blockchain industry. And after that, we tried to do some projects together. Uh, but I think um, diversity in the blockchain and crypto is rising in comparison to the former years. For example, if you compare it to 2020, I think we have around 43% increase of women's presence in the blockchain industry. And if I want to be honest, I can say that um, being a woman in the blockchain industry is actually an advantage because most of the companies have a tendency towards diversity. And when you have the blockchain knowledge, you know what you're doing and you are a woman, the chances that you find a good job and you can build a nice career path is really high. 
And uh, I see nowadays many companies, many projects are trying to promote women, promote diversity. For example, in Women Doubt, Diana is really trying hard to empower women. I know, she's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I love her. And then we have DLT Talents Group, like it's uh, focusing on women, like an 18-week mentorship program. It's amazing um, as well. Have you been in the program? Yes, you have been, right? I am, yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm, I'm a mentor there. And yeah, I can highly recommend it to everybody who wants to start learning something because I don't know how you, how you feel about that, but I think it's so good to have a community and to be together with other people on a similar level, level or especially women on a similar level, level trying to learn and uh, grow together. Exactly. You know, finding content and sources is really easy. You can find it online. But this community building, like a few women with the same interests coming together, learning together, having discussions, that's really powerful. And I was actually thinking maybe these kind of uh, together comings can be the beginning and the birthplace of future projects, which is completely women-led. Like maybe we can have some projects in which the team is completely females. That would be cool. Nice. So now you're working with Coinix. Uh, maybe you can just let us know a little about your your path, how you got there, and yeah, what you're now doing in your everyday life. Because what I um, I know that you're working as marketing manager. You already said that, and what I experienced is that um, in the past there was always a strong focus on developers. And of course, this is super important um, if you want to build a new technology. But now the next step is to promote whatever is built. Uh, It doesn't matter whether it's a fund or it's a technology or it's an app or whatever it is. Uh, It's it's important to bring the new product to to people. And not everybody is in the Web3 space already. So you need to kind of... Talk to people in the Web2 space and try trying to bring them the new technology and the new products. And yeah, I, I think your working is or your work especially in that area, right? Yeah, indeed. So if I want to go back to how I started uh, working in Coinix, before I uh, joined Coinix, I used to work in a DeFi protocol and I used to organize crypto meetups in Hamburg. And one of the speakers that I invited to one of the meetings was the founder of Coinix. It was uh, Moritz Schild. And I met him there. And uh, after that, so this connection helped me to get into Coinix because uh, I was following Coinix activities and I was like, this is a really nice opportunity. They are like, I mean, we are right now, we are like a bridge between the decentralized and the centralized world because it is a completely regulated centralized company, which is investing in decentralized battery industry. So I really love this. And um, I joined the company. And um, something that is interesting is that before I joined the company, there was no marketing role in uh, Coinix. So with my entrance, uh, it actually started. And I think in so many venture capitals, blockchain venture capitals, or maybe uh, traditional investment companies, uh, people actually underestimate this role, the role of marketing, and they are more focused on like technical stuff, um, as you said, like development and so on. But this marketing part to be seen, to represent the company, that's actually a really important part of it. And um, 
So if I want to go into details about my activities, it's like I need to keep an open eye regarding all the projects that are in our portfolio to create innovative content. It can be articles, it can be videos, it can be like doing interviews, just like what we're doing right now. And um, I think that is something which is really necessary to be in any kind of company. Yeah, totally agree on that. And this is this is what I meant. I mean, it's super important to first build the product, but afterwards you need to be able to tell people uh, that you have a new product and uh, people need to buy it or me people need to be interested in, in, in the product. So um, I saw that you have many followers uh, also on Instagram. And what I experience is that, especially in the Web3 space, it's LinkedIn, it's Twitter, it's Slack, it's Discord. So yeah, what do you use? And um, is Instagram playing a role as well? Um, regarding investing, do you mean? Yeah, so in general, so in, in, in your work, so in the marketing space, but for a yeah, Web3 fund. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, Instagram marketing depends on the product that you have and the service that you offer. For example, right now, Coinix is a venture capital and our customers, like the people that we offer service to, are the shareholders. And the characteristics of the people that we target are people who don't usually use Instagram. They are like middle-aged and uh, they have a lot of money. They want to invest in the blockchain, but they don't know how. And most of them really don't have any Instagram and Facebook. That's why Coinix has no Instagram. So it's your private space. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, uh, for example, before when I was working for a DeFi company on if you have a project which is focused on um, a product which can be used by people, by younger generations and so on, then Instagram marketing would be definitely useful for showing the use cases because most of the people right now are just scrolling. So if you are on TikTok and on Instagram, you can definitely use that for marketing. So what are the tools you use mostly to, to promote mode CoinX in your kind of everyday life? So what, what is the tool that you uh, yeah, think works best? Yeah, so first of all, I think LinkedIn would be the best platform for doing anything because most of the professional people in the sector and both uh, in the traditional sector, like wealth managers, they are focused on LinkedIn. So the more active you are in the space, the better it would be for the marketing of the blockchain venture capital. For example, when you write an article, when you even write about the updates of the markets, when you have like... Uh, live sessions with someone on LinkedIn that will be really helpful and even like um, posting a comment on their post because the algorithms of the LinkedIn is in a way that uh, the more active you are the more you will be shown to other people so I think just being active on LinkedIn would be really useful and um, because we are targeting more traditional sectors like wealth managers and so on I think it would be really more useful for us to be in presence for example taking part in conference would be um, so much better than focusing on the social media. Okay, I understand. So quickly going back to LinkedIn, do you think it's better to work with a company profile or do you think it's always better to work with personal profiles from the people who are working in that company? I think both. But when you make it a little customized, when there is a face, there is a name, there is a character behind that, That is a little more effective. Like 
for example, when we talk together, me as Massa, you as Sarah, it will become a little more friendly and the chances that we can actually do a kind of partnership would be so much higher. So I personally try to promote the company and promote myself because promoting myself would be promoting my company. So uh, I think anyone who is trying to like achieve a lot of audience and expand the realm of their network should somehow focus on both of them. Because if you just focus on one of them, you're going to lose some of the chances in the other areas. Sure, sure. And then you said uh, for your space, it's even more important to go to the conferences. So is it you who is always going to the conferences or is it like the whole team um, going there and yeah, talking to potential new investors? So most of the time, a lot of events are happening at the same time. And it's really overwhelming to choose the right one to be in the right place at the right time. We even had um, sometimes uh, we had the possibility like we uh, divided the team into three different parts and each one of us were somewhere on the planet Earth trying to be everywhere at the same time. But uh, if it's not overlapping, if the conferences are not overlapping, we will try to uh, be present, all of us. Okay. Uh, but sometimes it's a little hard when we have a lot to do and we need some people to stay at the office or be somewhere else doing something else. Then uh, I will join as the marketing manager or uh, when it is more, some, uh, for example, there was... Uh, an event in Munich, the founders of the company were there. It is different. And um, the audience, the guests, who's going to be there and who exactly they're targeting. Uh, so there are some conferences which are really technical and they are related to the blockchain products. In these kind of conferences, we try to send our analysts and our technical yeah. people. But in the others in which we are targeting the wealth managers, we usually uh, like the CEO and a CFO company will be there. Super interesting. So because you said several times uh, you're targeting the wealth managers. So how how are you going to do that? Uh, what is your kind of strategy? And maybe you can also let us know a little about your experiences, how you see the market at the moment, because I think it's not the easiest uh, phase. We are clearly in a bear market. And maybe, yeah, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, so first of all, it's really hard to target like uh, traditional wealth managers because most of them, not all of them, but most of them have a negative tendency towards the blockchain market, especially because of the current news. Like uh, in year 2022, we had a lot of drama. There were a lot of collapses. So many projects failed and it was really hard to gain the trust of wealth managers and the people who were going to invest And um, we probably will not see the mass adoption this year. We still need a lot of time. Uh, but um, I think we need to keep that in mind that there are ups and downs in all the markets. And um, this time is the best uh, time to build. Like the projects have to focus on building, testing, building. And we as a venture capitals, we need to keep an open eye. We need to just... Uh, be focused to find the best project to invest because right now I think is the best time to get in. No financial advice, but I think anyone who starts investing right now will thank themselves in 10 years. 
And um, however, I have seen some wealth managers which are completely aware of the blockchain potential and they are trying to invest and they are trying to analyze what would be the best product to get in. But we can see that so many projects are struggling right now and so many projects are fading away. Some of them are trying to raise money, but they can't because investors are a little unwilling to invest due to the unstable market. And I think regardless of all these contradictory news and events, um, it is the best time to come in. And um, I have a really positive viewpoint, but it is long term. We probably will not see anything positive in the next two or three years. But if you have a long term incentive in your mind, then you will definitely get your profit. Uh, so how are you working together with your portfolio startups? Yeah, so we usually have some kind of strategic partnerships. Um, we try to offer like smart money. It's not going to be just giving the money and getting away. We are usually present when they have a specific product. We will try to promote it. We have like uh, partnerships, events, like we're going to organize some events together just to push them forward. And um, sometimes when they need a specific connection, a specific uh, professional to join their team, we're going to use our network to help them. Um, so I think it's really important for venture capital not to just give the money and say, bye, give me my profit in a few years. You should always be there, like taking care of the project and push them forward. Understand. And you especially as marketing manager is it that you kind of work together with them and um yeah you are you're working on some content you're helping them with the marketing strategy you might review i don't know their homepage your pit their pitch decks or their linkedin profiles or are you doing something like that for them as well or is there like maybe no no capacity uh for sure so one of my jobs as the marketing manager one of my tasks is to Uh, like post on LinkedIn about the updates of our portfolio. So for example, when we invest in a new project, we need to announce it on our social media. When the projects that we have already invested in have some kind of updates or uh, they have done something impressive, then we need to announce it on our social media. So uh, one of the things that I do is that I monitor all of these projects constantly. And when I see that there is an update or anything, Uh, I will prepare a post, I will prepare like some content and I am in touch with them because I need to make sure that the content that we're posting is aligned with their goals and we are not like um, sharing any confidential information because we as venture capitals, we usually get some information about their updates, which is not published yet. And uh, so this is the way that we are in touch regarding the content. How is your job influenced by the fact that you are a Your, your company is listed on the stock exchange. I think because this is like a huge, huge difference, I guess. So maybe you can let us know a little more about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we consider it an advantage because so um, joining the crypto world, joining the Web3 world has many risks. There are a lot of things that you need to take care of. Uh, even finding good projects is hard and we have the possibility to invest in projects and in tokens which are not listed yet. For example, we invest in SAFTS, which is the abbreviation of Simple Agreement for Future Tokens. And the retail investors, the 
angel investors who don't have the connections, they cannot really do that. So we, as a listed company, have the capacity to bring people into the blockchain world. And when we are publicly listed, it gives that feeling of security, it gives that feeling of safety to our customers because you are actually investing into the decentralized world, but you are using a regulated centralized company. So um, it will be so much easier. And I think this would be the best first step for the newcomers who are a little unsure of um, what should I do? How should I invest? Where should I go? So I think this being listed is definitely something that makes us stand out among so many other investment companies. So as a marketing manager, you promote all the content. And I think a, a company that is listed on the stock exchange really needs to take care a lot about the wording. And so how difficult is your job and how how much do you need to take care about what you're saying? And yeah. Yeah, it is indeed something that we need to take care of. I mean, it's not that easy that um, I just post whatever that I want on the social media. For example, when you have a crypto project which doesn't have a doxed team, you can post whatever you want on Twitter or LinkedIn and no one is going to like check you like that. But when you are a publicly listed company it's like in another level and uh we usually have the second eye principle so whenever that i write something or i want to post something i would try to get the idea of someone else it doesn't really matter who but someone else in the company because uh, i personally think it would be really nice if someone else just takes a look at what you're doing to make sure that it will be um, okay to be posted but definitely like when you have an advantage like getting listed more responsibilities and more stress comes with it But it's, it's like, I think, um, uh, the advantage part is so much higher. Got it. And you can handle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe another question. How hard is it for you as a company at the moment to find good startups? Is it like um, the space is down and so it's easy to find the good ones? Or is it even more harder um, because um, there are not so many? So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, we're actually saturated in investment requests, like on a daily basis, there are a lot of projects who reach out to us for investment and our investment team is constantly doing the due diligence to do the analysis to see if they fit our portfolio or not. But um, not all of them are here to stay and not all of them are worth investing in. So finding a good project to invest in is really hard. And I think it needs constant researching, constant presence in the blockchain industry. You need to be uh, in all of the uh, conferences, summits, and you need to have a constant connection with the pioneers and the developers because sometimes they have some new projects, but you don't know about it. They're not going to announce it. And um, I think for individuals who want to invest in the startups, it will be uh, absolutely impossible. But for venture capitals, because we have the capacity to um, be in different conferences and have like a huge team which are doing the due diligence all the time and are in constant contact with the projects, it will be a little easier for us to do. But in general, it is not really an easy job to find a project which is promising uh, to invest in. How many investments do you have at the moment? Uh, so we have a little more than 58 projects in our portfolio and we have three types of uh, investments in our portfolio. The first part would be liquid crypto assets, then we have token projects, and then we have VC or equity investments. Uh, shall I 
give more details? Sure. Yeah, so the token uh, projects are usually um, focused on the projects which have a token which is not launched yet. So we try to invest into these projects using SAFTS, which is the abbreviation of Simple Agreement for Future Tokens. And as I said before, not everybody had the chance to enter this kind of investments. And then we have liquid crypto assets, which is the classic cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum. We try to play a little with these crypto assets and try to use the market trends to improve the performance of our portfolio. And then we have VC investments. So in our equity investments, uh, we invest in seed to series A investments, and they're usually focused on Germany and Europe, but we already have some projects which are all around the world, not just in Europe and Germany. And yeah, I think that's it. Nice. Thank you for, for giving us so many insights. So I have one last question is, or it's not a question. So maybe you can tell us your favorite crypto story. So once upon a time. <laughs> once upon a time. Well, Something that is really interesting for me, I mean, um, regarding this, uh, I told you that I uh, found my first blockchain job and blockchains, um, but uh, so this is an interesting story for myself, a personal story. That is, uh, I can say that once upon a time, I was a student who was in blockchain seeking for someone to do the um, her master thesis with, but this year I will be one of the speakers in blockchain. And I think this is a nice success story for myself because when I look back, I'm like, wow, good job. You were trying to find a job. You were trying to do your master thesis, but then you actually managed to become one of the keynote speakers in the blockchain. So I think um, there is a huge space for everyone in the blockchain industry, especially for women who are passionate, who want to learn something, who want to do something. And it doesn't really matter when you start, where you start, just start learning, start networking, be there, and you will definitely get where you deserve to be. Nice. So first of all, congratulations. <laughs> That's really amazing. And yeah, I, I experienced something similar. So I went to those conferences and um, after a while I turned out or I got a speaker. And yeah, this is amazing to see the progress. And yeah, mm -hmm. so thank you so much for sharing your insights and your thoughts. And I'm really happy that you and some more women are part of the blockchain space. And so it was really nice having you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you for moderating Blocktails. This is really motivating for everyone who wants to join the blockchain industry. Thank you thank for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Blocktails.